This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, before we get started, just want to take a quick moment to thank Deer Cam Coffee and Yeti for everything they do to help keep us awake and energized for the whole show to keep you guys entertained. Make sure you subscribe and stick around to all Boner Plant stuff so you can get into chances to win things. And uh, hey, let's have some fun. The BHP Podcast is presented by bowhunterplanet.com. Join the hunt. The BHP Podcast is proudly presented by Cold Steel Knives. HHA Sports, Reveal Cellular Cameras by Tacticam, Element Outdoors, Skull Hooker, Scott Archery, and Burris Optics. Hey everyone, this is Tim for Bowen or Planet. Make sure you check out the new podcast, Respect the Game, wherever you find your podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the Bowhunter Planet Cup podcast. Myself, Tim Mazarana, Dave Thomas, James Nopeman, special guest today, Todd DeCapua, who is a Team BHP member and businessmen. So Todd, Todd, we're, we're excited to have you on, man. We wanted to hear a little bit about you, who you are, what you do. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Cool. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. I think uh, most of the people I know, they either know me as a business person or they know me as an outdoorsman or maybe even a family guy. But um, I guess to most people in the professional community, I've spent way too long, probably about 25 years now. Um, I've kind of built up this reputation of being this passionate software executive, a technology evangelist, a business leader. Um, and really when you look across that spectrum, um, all of this being real hands-on in a leadership role. Um, so I'm still slinging code, I'm working you know, for a great organization now. Um, you may have heard of them, it's called Splunk. So, you know, a lot of people kind of ch- chat, you know, there's a little like laughing. <laughs> That's here. awesome. Great. But, um, we're basically the Google of big data. So with everything going on in the world, just all the data that's coming in. And again, it's, it's cool to be a part of a company that's doing some really cool stuff around COVID-19 and everything else. So it's, it's fun, man. That's Todd, I have cool, to dude. say, uh, I'm extremely impressed on your, um, I saw the video online of you talking in front of a whole bunch of people uh, oh, yeah. about business process and stuff with the stuff you do. And it was, it was very impressive, honestly. It reminded me of me. You know what I mean? Like, it was, I'm just kidding. But it was really, really well done. Honestly. I had to channel the inner Dave when I do <laughs> no, Don't do that. Don't do oh, Sorry. God. We, there's, listen, this world can only handle one Dave. Not Trust yet. me. That's true. I've known him. I've known, God, how long have we known each other, Dave? Probably Too 35 long. years? Yeah. 36 years? Yeah. Long time. <laughs> long, long time. So thank you for that, but no thank you for that. <laughs> gotta hit you i love it i love it so, so todd you're, you're a team bhp member thank you for that we love it what we love to hear is how people got into hunting 
what got you involved? Who were your inspirations then and now? Awesome. So again, there's a long list of people I would need to thank. I'm just kidding. Um, so <laughs> Dave, Dave Thomas, who yeah, else? Exactly. Tim Mazzarelli or Mazzarelli, <laughs> I think was his name. Um, now, nah. is that a Maserati you're actually sitting? I oh, know it's a trail. <laughs> I wish. He likes to talk like this. Hey. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> the good fellows. Hey. There you go. So I think it's kind of fun, right? You look back, you know, where did we all start? How did we get into hunting? It seems like you've got groups of people whom, you know, this is what they grew up doing and their families and enjoying things like that. Um, for me, it was a little bit the opposite. Um, my dad was actually an army officer. And when I was born, my mom said, no, no weapons in the house. You know, you need to get rid of your stuff. Um, so it kind of grew up that. And then I think when I turned 10 or so, I was like, you know, I really want to start shooting a bow. And my dad was like, oh, really? You know, so next thing you know, go out. We picked up a bow, probably for Christmas or something like that. And it was funny because, like, I always go back to what was that bow? And it was a PSE Polaris, so round wheels. And, you know, I don't know who, you know, the gray-black camouflage they came out with. But um, that was interesting. And then um, I went to the University of Delaware. And at the university... I um, ended up meeting my roommate, who was this guy, Peyton Emerson, and yes, by name, Eastern Shore, Maryland boy, and huge hunter. Um, his dad taught me how to shoot skeet, which again, like I'd never had a shotgun in my hands for bird hunting. And next thing you know, he's like, well, you know, we pretty much just hunt with bows. And I was like, well, that's great, because I'm a, I'm a great shooter of a bow, you know, can walk out in my backyard <laughs> to 30 yards. And he goes, no, 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 it's a little bit different. So did have an opportunity to go out with him and his dad. We did a couple management gun hunts. But next thing you know, I just fell in love with bow hunting. And in the state of Delaware, we don't have the biggest deer in the world. Um, but we do have an awful lot of good state land. And especially around the University of Delaware, they have uh, a few different state parks that you can go to. It's a lottery in the morning. But then if you don't get picked for the lottery, you can always drive down the street, you know, maybe 15 minutes or so, and they have a tag board and their zone. So you can just go and, and park there. Um, the That's funny thing is I was driving a Mustang at the time. So here we are, two door Mustang, right? With my V8 and my stick. And everybody used to joke with me, they're like, you know, where the hell are you going to put your deer? So believe it or not, you can fit three deer and a tree stand in a Mustang. Um, <laughs> You sound like my, my, my pastor who was a who was an avid, avid hunter. He nice. drives a Prius. Okay. And you should see this guy load his equipment in there. He's got he's got the hitch on the back, you know, deer on the back of it, deer on the top of it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, gotta be a little creative, but you find a way. That's hilarious. I love it, man. Yeah. So uh, Delaware, yeah, I was gonna say Delaware is not a big state, man. Like we I was there a couple of years ago. We uh we did a one week stint up in uh, what was it Cape uh, Cape Penelope State yeah, Park Cape Penelope amazing amazing beautiful area but I never really kind of looked at it like man this would be cool to hunt they they're it's interesting so it's a bigger bird hunting area there is some deer um, but yeah I mean Cape Penelope there's tons of deer down there Hillens Ponds another one down that way but again it's a beautiful um, the state's really done a nice job of keeping up that public land and having land like that for Delaware hunters. So yeah, they've done a nice job. That's awesome. I, I learned something when I was there too. We were walking, doing some hiking and all that kind of stuff out there. And uh, we found a, we found a lizard. I had no clue 
really? that you guys had lizards in Delaware that far north. That's that was the weirdest thing to me. Like we're walking by and on the side of the tree, there's this I don't know what it was. There's yeah. this lizard sitting on a tree. I'm like, what the heck is that thing? Like in Delaware? Like it's, that's that was the weirdest thing. Is that normal time? Well, it's funny. And I think, you know, what attracts people to hunting, what attracts people to the outdoors. And I think the more people that I speak with, it's like, oh, so how many do you, well, how many do you catch, right? Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but none. <laughs> part of what you're talking about, Tim, I mean, that's, that's the experience, you know, again, why do you hunt? How do you start, et cetera. But lizards, I don't think they're the, the sta standard around here. The nice thing is no gators yet. Um, no real poisonous snakes to speak of yet. Um, but it's funny that you say that because I was uh, doing some stand maintenance a couple weeks ago. Me and my buddy were out and um, I looked down and here's an orange lizard that's like four inches long. I was like, what the yeah. heck is this? I've never seen anything. But again, I think us as outdoorsmen, you know, you, you kind of look and appreciate those things. Yeah. So again, it's, you know, taking the picture and then next thing you know, my buddy wants to see it and wife wants to see it. But, you know, I think you look around and you start to see things that maybe not your average person would or would not straight away. Yeah, no doubt. And you got to spend the time to do it, right? Like your average person, they're walking on a paved trail, all that kind of stuff. They're not going to see that kind of thing. So right that's kind of cool. So, so do you remember, do you remember your first deer that you took? I do. Um, it's funny because it was on uh, my buddy's farm. So um, in Delaware? In Delaware, I, yeah, so it was, um, there's a guy, so there's two big industries, like banking is big in Delaware, but agriculture, specifically chickens. And there's actually more chickens in the state of Delaware than there are people. Um, so this guy was a chicken farmer, um, and he was another roommate of mine from college. And he just said, hey, why don't you come on down, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, all right, I'll bring my grunt call, I'll bring this, I'll bring that. And felt like I was all prepared. And um, yeah, man, that first one, I think I, you, you kind of remember all of them over time as, you know, oh yeah, see this, you see a picture or you watch, look at your mount on the wall, you know, and it's it, it just, you can play it all back for you. But yeah, I keenly remember the first one. Um, unbelievable. It was a early December morn. I'm sorry, it was an afternoon hunt. So we go in and he sets me up on the corner of a field and he goes, you're a good shot, right? And I said, yep. He goes, okay. I was like, I'm going to shoot for a big one, so I'll let him pass. And I, I think to this day, I've never seen as many bucks in one sit. I probably saw 30 to 35 bucks that night. They were just all over the place. But it was kind of getting towards last light. And again, a cold December, you know, maybe the 5th or 6th of December. Next thing you know, here comes this monster at 300 yards, big nine-pointer. Um, but just a beefy neck, beefy body. Um, I mean, he, he dressed it like over, it was like 260 some pounds, which wow. is a monster for that area. And, but it was one of those, like, you can play it back in slow-mo still. That was in 95, but you watch the chef go up and next thing you know, you see the steam come out of his nose and you're like, holy smokes. So anyway, I called him in about 120 yards and he walked in broadside. I was like, well, you know what, buddy, this is your uh, last step. So, no doubt. Put the uh, put the crosshairs on him, slug gun, not a bow, but um, you know popped him. He did the death leap, you know, jumped six and a half feet up in the air or so, and just fell dead. And I was like, holy smokes, you got to be kidding me, you know. And um, the funny thing was, was, my buddy Chad, and before he got married, 
um, is when that hunt was, I think he got married in the spring. And I'll never forget, I got in, you know, sit down at their table. Next thing you know, I'm being introduced as, oh, this is Todd. He's the guy who shot the big buck on the farm. And of course, you know, the guy across from, oh, yeah, I've been watching that one for three years and blah, blah, blah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was my first, um, first deer that I killed. So, again, it's funny. I, I think, Jamie, didn't you just post something to yeah. Team BHP about that? You're like, like a meme that said, yeah. like, hey, I've been I've been watching that deer for three years. And like on the other side, it's like, yeah, if you want to see it again, I'll open my freezer. <laughs> Todd, tell us about your hunting land. Like, where do you hunt? How much land is it? How long have you been on it? Yeah, so there's, um, so there's a couple little private spots that I've gotten into over time. And again, part of it goes back to the professional part which has been an interesting intersect, I think, Dave. So there's a guy named Rudy. He was the CIO for ING Direct here in Wilmington. I worked for Rudy. And next thing you know, he's telling me all these deer he's got in his yard and Lyme disease and tearing up the shrubs and blah, blah, blah. And I said, well, you know, how much property do you have? And let me come have a look. Well, next thing you know, there's three five-acre lots in a row. And all of the neighbors had problems. So I said, well, you know, I can go ahead and have a look at that. So next thing you know, I'm hunting that property. And it's been amazing that, you know, on that property, I used to see 30 to 35 deer at night. And I could literally set my watch to when they were going to walk across the street and come up my shooting lane. Well, that's been a phenomenal property. Um, and then I was really blessed. Um, it was a pancake breakfast, probably like 12 to 15 years ago. And somehow, some way, one of the other guys, I never met him at the breakfast, but next thing you know, afterwards, he calls me and he goes, hey, I hear you're a hunter. And I was like, yep. He goes, well, I've got a 250-acre property that's 15 minutes from your house. And right now we've got, you know, 15 or 17 guys that are bow hunting it. And oh, by the way, we have severe crop damage tags. And I was like, well, what's severe crop damage tags? Well, we can start hunting on the 15th of August and we go through the 15th of May. Wow. Nine months <laughs> out of the year. Okay, so first of all, that never happens. Nobody <laughs> ever nobody ever calls anybody and says, Hey man, here you're a hunter. What do they want? Come out and shoot a deer for me. <laughs> like that's just I, I can't even say it. That's BS. Well oh, it sounds like some Ron Rezzle would fall into. <laughs> oh god, the stories about Ron and how he got his properties are Lucky just man. I tell those stories all the time because of the stupidest stories. Yeah. This, I mean, come on, really? No, seriously. And, you know, you know, I'll throw a little, another cherry on top of this whole deal is the fact that, you know, with a severe crop damage uh, property, um, fish and wildlife, and again, right now we're hovering at about eight to 10 times what a healthy deer herd would be for the state of Delaware. So we need to harvest some animals. And so we have, I think it's 50, five zero um, tags that are antlerless for that property. So again, you know, opening day of gun season last year, I had four of them walk down. I ended up popping two. And then I'm actually on the phone with one of my buddies who was, you know, I knew he was hunting that morning. And I said, hey, do you mind, um, you know, bringing me two red tags? And he's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second. I hung up. And next thing you know, one of the other two were walking back. So I had to pick my gun up, pull a shell out of my pocket, throw it in, pop the third one. So then I had to ring him back and say, you know, can you bring me a third tag? He goes, yeah. <laughs> how did I know that was you? You know, and I was oh, like. Oh, I love it, man. That's awesome. 
So those are some of the properties. We've got great state property. And again, my nephew, he lives about 25 minutes south from me. So I can cruise down, pick him up at his place, my brother's house. And then next thing you know, five minutes away, I can climb into a public tree, set him up right next to me. And again, we're going to have fun. That's awesome, man. So I, I could take a wild guess and say that when you're bow hunting, you're shooting a bear. How did you guess? Yes. <laughs> Actually, it's sad. Between me and my three kids, we have seven bows. So I was I was shooting four of them up to this afternoon. Um, and I finally I had I had a bow, an old bear, a bear. It was a 2013. And um, every once in a while, I try to kind of find um, a younger person or somebody that would be able to get into shooting and into hunting. And I was just really fortunate to find this individual. And, you know, 18 years old, straight out of high school, but very, very interested. And his stepfather is also an archer. Um, he shoots another brand. But again, he's like, yeah, this is a phenomenal bow. And again, give him a good deal, give him a bow, set him up for life. Um, and then I've got another one. I got a buddy I'm trying to unload to. I got to get down to two bows. Um, just met with um, Alec, who's the new um, the product marketing guy over at Bear last week. And uh, again, you know, Dave, I heard you earlier today. You know, some of the stuff that's coming out. I'm con I continue to be impressed across manufacturers. Like the the innovation yeah. that's coming out is phenomenal. Um, so again, like how really do they do it? You know, how do you do it? Like you would think, like you know, two three years ago we'd be maxed out, but yet they still continually figure out things. It's unreal to me. It, it really well, the fact that their cycles are like two years ahead. Yeah. Too, it's like how do you know that that's what I wanted two yeah. years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. What is this? The click? What's that movie call where he goes back and forth? That's right, right. Love it. Let's talk about Bear, though. So Bear, um, yeah, Alec is new over there, which is really exciting. It's always exciting to get new people in there. But they represent a lot of the brands like you have behind you. And there's so many great things there. And Kevin, who just joined us, is a Bear shooter specifically for us, too. So he uses the crossbow and the compound. He killed his first buck with the G2, which was really exciting. Um, and it was perfect for him because he wanted to pull some of the less poundage. And we had this conversation with Bear originally that, um, you know, he was looking to tell that story. The story of he's retired. He wants a bow that can, he can still shoot a deer with his bow. And he'd never kill a deer with a bow. So it was very exciting, the whole story of that, which actually I still think we need a video for that. <laughs> never finished it. But that, I mean, it's such a great thing. And that was one of the things I told Bear when I talked to him uh, just the other day. I said, the one thing about Bear that is interesting to me, and that people might not know this, and, some, and I tell it in every video we do about Bear, is Bear is one of the only companies that actually stretch from youth all the way to, you know, retirement. I mean, they have done such a great job of having a bow that price points every $100 almost in those segments. And that people can, I mean, there's so much to choose from, you know? And they agreed. They said that's something they're looking into now to get, you know, the market that that concept. But I said, not just that, but you got Fred Bear. I mean, you guys have the biggest gem, the biggest diamond in the rough that anybody could ever find. You have that guy that you can use for your marketing, like constantly, you know, because I mean, he's like the godfather of, of archery, you know, everybody loves Fred Bear. I mean, just, I can't, the one person to talk bad about Fred Bear is Tim. That's the only guy here. I mean, I well, no, I was just, I was just going to say the like exact opposite. That actually goes multi-generational because you got Fred Bear, but then you got a guy like Ted Nugent who knew Fred Bear, who yeah. got him into hunting. That is probably one of the biggest promoters of the archery industry that you can have right now. That's right. Does so, Ted shoot bear? 
I don't know if he should. No, no I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, but, but Ted always tells a implying. story about Fred Bear and the name, and it just continues that. Oh, rant. yeah, he doesn't shoot a bear, but that's not because of he wouldn't. I think it's more right. But, right. Yeah, I mean, no, you're, you're absolutely right. He tells the story, and the song keeps going. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So Todd, which which bot are you shooting right now? Sorry, that's playing Fred Bear from Ted Nugent. So. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> yep. Opening day, buddy. Opening day. That's our song. Is it? Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm paring down the two bows. Um, so, the my leading bow and the one that I'm using uh, almost, yeah, every time I go out is the, uh, the status echo. So, I don't know if you've seen that bow yet, but, man, it's, you know, 33 axle to axle. Um, we got a six inch on the brace and uh, tonight I was just shooting, you know, before I jumped on here and, you know, it, it's such a smooth draw. I've got mine set at 90% let off nice. and it's just, it's ridiculous. And it's almost like when you get back at 90%, like I was, I was just teaching the guy on Sunday and I said to him, I was like, you know, here's all how you want to hold. Here's all this other stuff. And I'm sitting here holding it back and he goes, that's a seven, 70 or 73 pound bow. And he's like, yeah. I said, yeah. So he's like, well, you've just been holding it for how many minutes? And I was <laughs> like, I don't understand. Like, this bow is so easy to hold. The challenge is when you have to go to let it down at that 90% let off, or if you stick it on your bow scale, I mean, you just have to be super, super careful with it. Yeah, that's this one here. Oh, of course, it goes to the commercial. <laughs> so it's like, get it out there. Um, yeah, no, we tested this bow. This bow was sick. Yeah, they did a great job um i'll forward here see if i can and not a lot of people know that i drew that logo with uh crayons yeah i'm sure you did yeah but they, they did some great stuff with these bows and uh, this let off idea todd that they did was pretty cool man they had that ability to adjust it i mean seriously that's like crazy and, and again dave it's like you know we think about the engineering that's going into these things now this is absolutely nuts Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I like the fact that we don't have yokes anymore on these It actually, I found it makes it easier to tune them. Um, you know, but again, it's, there's so much in this bow right now and the way the draw cycle is unbelievable. Um, oh, you know, before that, the other mm -hmm. bow I'm still shooting is my 2019 divergent. And, you know, that's a 28 inch axle to axle. A lot of people are like, ah, you know, it's a pain to shoot. And, but I'll tell you what, it's actually made me a better archer shooting that bow and i think last year i probably killed over 20 deer with that bow last year oh. um but it's just a phenomenal performer yeah i didn't get my echo until like january um but again being able to hunt from january through the middle of may again i was still slaying them and you know i, I yeah. took that this no I that's cool echo. man i love the echo that was one of my favorite bows they did i love the size of it to yep. me it was one of the coolest bows they did it's small it's light it's very efficient, very effective bow. I love the guys will make fun of me, but I love the grip on it. It's a nice, it's very flat back, and I do love the way it feels in the hand. I so if I guess my thing is if I'm shooting a bear like this year, I would shoot this bow. To me, this bow right here is everything I want in a bow, uh, especially the size, you know. And, and like you said, makes you better, you know, when you're shooting a smaller bow. It's gonna have more movement and all that stuff. But at the same time, uh, you know. If you're if you don't pull a lot of weight and everything, I don't really have an issue at all. So and I pull sixty pounds. So for me, I can really get away with any bow I want in that category. But yeah. Well, and Bear has been Bear's been one of those brands that we've that we talk about a lot. We talk about them because Bear was one of those brands that kind of fell off the radar a little bit. 
right? Like many, many years ago, like you just didn't hear about them. They were around because their brand, you, you know, Fred Bear, all that kind of stuff. But they have really, really stepped up their game in the last, you know, not a couple of years. It's been, it's been longer than that now. But they have really become yeah. a premier bull out in the segment, which is absolutely awesome to see a name like Bear continue that tradition. Yeah, they, you know, I think, Tim, around that time frame you're talking about is when the Carnage was launched. The Carnage yeah. kind of changed the game for Bear. Yeah. There was a while there. You know, we started this in 2009, and there was a while where it was kind of just, you know, Bear was Bear. There wasn't anything great or special. That Carnage lineup started this whole trend for them of this amazing looking bows that really changed their business structure in my opinion um they really stepped out of the box when they went into that that carnage and that was where you know you had like two uh string stops it was just really cool looking and to be honest with you i felt like it was the first full step of this is us this is our image this is who we're gonna be and what i was most proud of a bear this past few years uh, was the perception when the perception came out uh, it told me to me that bow wasn't a just I'm making a bow it was a statement it was a statement to the industry that said we can we can make a $1,500 bow yep. no problem I know you guys don't want to spend that much money but hey guess what we can do it we want to prove to you we can do it and here it is and that bow is amazing people yep. who don't have never shot that bow or have no idea what they're missing uh, that bow is definitely one of the top bows in the industry and people don't even realize it and I can't believe we're actually giving one away because I, I don't know why I stupidly agreed to that. But either way, someone's going to win that bow, and that's insane. Like, that's cool. literally insane, someone on Team BHP. So good for them. They're going to love this bow. I hope to God they don't, you know, don't even shoot it or something, just sell it because I'm telling you guys, this that bow is it'll, – it'll run with any bow in the market, any bow, any price point too because it's really that, that top notch. I, I did not know we were giving one away. I'll have to find out exactly how I get it. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. Wait, not, but no, Alec, it's funny. I was on a Zoom with him, and he's like, yeah, you know, I hung up my other bow, and I had to get a bear. And I was like, oh, yeah? And he reaches behind him and pulls out a perception in iron. I was like, oh, man, that thing yeah. is beautiful. My Kumo is iron. Beautiful. Yeah. And now, I will say from a finished perspective, at the ATA show is when they showed the first, I believe it was the first status, in Fred Bear camo. Oh, and so cool. When I saw that, I was like, all right, that's the one I have to have. And I called the product man, yeah. marketing guy at the time, and I was like, Jack, yeah. the one I want is going to, and I don't care if it's the one that was off the ATA show floor. <laughs> Bear. And he goes, well, we haven't really announced that yet. And I was like, I don't care. Just put my order in, and when they're ready, ship it. Um, so anyway, I did an opening the box of that, and you can see it up there. It's but, you know, the Fred Bear camo is unbelievable. Um, again, I would love the fact that my Team BHB hat is actually fairly close to that. So. Yeah, here it is. <laughs> this finish I is love it. legit. God, that, that's, that's a beautiful bow, man. It really is. And it actually has the Bear logo in it. So for those who haven't seen it up close, it actually has a little Bear logo inside of it. Um, yeah, it is beautiful. Signature too. Oh, does it? That is cool. Yeah. Yep. So this is what you would have found on the original Fred Bears back in the day. Um, this camo is kind of like the first thing he put on. This is before camos, guys. This isn't like, you know, the real tree era. This is way, way before that. The this red is, flannel just came off, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> so, but yeah, they offer, uh, so, you know, just to throw this out there, they offer real tree. They got, I believe, this is Veil. Yeah, Veil, One Night, Midnight, Veil again. 
the Fred Bear camo, and then iron, which the iron we were talking about is sharp and beautiful, beautiful looking color. Um, anyway, um, so which of the uh, which of the broadheads are you using then? So I play around a lot. Um, I've shot some of the rocket hammerheads, which are gosh, they're a massive cut. I think it's a two and a half inch blade. Um, so again, pretty devastating. Um, unfortunately, where I hunt, it's extremely rocky. So no matter what head you're shooting, it's, it's going to get tore up after it passes through. Um, I've also played around with a bunch of the six. Um, so it's the, I think it's the FX4 um, that I've really liked. It's a fixed blade. They set it up actually for a crossbow. Um, but it's a fixed blade. So it's got the two big blades and then it's got two little bleeders on the side. Um, and I shoot the 100 grain one of that. Um, it's pretty devastating. I, you know, I smacked the doe last year with it and it just really nice cuts. Yeah. That's the one I've got right there. Um, you know, these are a really nice broadhead. They actually hold up really well. They're easy to resharpen. Um, wow. Yeah. That's, that looks a lot bigger. When you see it like that, you know? Yeah. Um, it cuts on the way in. It'll cut on the way out. Uh, the other thing is, um, I've never had any problems with, you know, you look at this style of a broadhead and only once have I had the whole head kind of break off and it was shot into like a, an eight inch rock, you know, after it passed through. So again, yeah, this is the one I wanted to uh, shoot a deer with. I haven't done it yet. So Jack's on some of these uh, last year, but I'm really interested in this channel idea. Yeah. I'm curious to see what happens here. My buddy, Mike Shannon, up in the Boston area, he shoots these, and he loves them. Um, I have not tried them out yet. Yeah, I'm curious how it's going to work with this. We got to get one of these guys, that bow shooter thing. That's going to be easy. But anyway. Yeah, it, it looks like you would just devastate the deer with it. Like, the way that the, way that the blade, because usually the blades are in line with each other, right? Yeah. When, when it's going through a deer, the way that that's separated, it just increases your surface area. Of the yeah. hole that you're gonna make, and it, that that's pretty cool, man. I like that. I think that was the concept, I, right? I, is to try to create an actual channel. So I was curious on that myself, and if it would. I'm a fixed blade guy typically, but that one's pretty intriguing to me. Yeah, I don't know if you could shoot that on a crossbow, Tim. I don't know. Well, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that might I mean, be too much. I, I don't know. No, you're right. You're right. Oh, here's crossbow here. So they have that one, which still does sort of a channel. Oh, here you go, yeah. crossbow. There you go. That's it. That just has a, it's cool. a stronger uh, top part. That's why. What does that go up to? This one? It's not <laughs> going to be covered by you. But. Uh, 470. It doesn't. Right? Yeah, the the crossbows nowadays are ridiculous with their speeds. Yeah. I'd have to it's crazy. It doesn't say there. But, you know, that's a good, great question, though, Boom. Um, anyway. Um, all right. Where was I here? Stop sharing. All right. Here. Cool, cool. Kevin, are you muted? No, no. I'm just oh, listening. Sorry. Thought you said something was your how'd everything go today with uh seeding? Did you get all that done yesterday? Yeah, I was so tired after I was done. Uh, Kevin's been plowing seeding. Getting... I was out there in the pouring rain. I said I gotta get this in while the while the we're getting some rain because it's been so dry, you know. Yeah. Kevin, did you decide on which bear you're shooting this year? No, I'm still trying to I mean I know which crossbow, but I can't make up my mind on a bow. It's so hard. Yeah. <laughs> you better get shooting. <laughs> season is coming my friend winter I, uh, is coming I'll be, I'll be ready it's like riding a bike for me you know <laughs> set it up 
So, uh, so Todd, what has been uh, for you in like, you know, cause obviously you come from the business industry. It's, it's very, you know, I mean, you know, business, it's very complex. It's, it's stressful. I mean, all of us have real day jobs. So we understand that part that you're in. Um, what is the thing about the hunting industry that you see is like different or, you know, how does the hunting industry work to, in your mind compared to like real business stuff that you would consider real? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting. And, you know, just to give a quick background, um, I guess it was about 10 years ago when I was able to get into the industry per se. Um, there was a gentleman named um, Bruce Hudala that was out of Minnesota who had started um, Hudala Associates. And um, one of my good buddies, Rob Fryer, he's down in the Baltimore area. Um, he invited, he was a sales guy for Bruce. And, you know, as I kind of looked over Bruce's shoulder, what I saw is he had set up a business where, you know, a lot of the small and medium sized um, product companies, you know, couldn't afford to have the big marketing programs and all those, you know, go to market strategies that other larger organizations were benefiting from. So he set up a model where he had, you know, a dozen or so salespeople across the United States and went out and represented those products. Again, one of those being Bear Archery is one of the main supporting ones that we had, but we supported maybe 25 or so major um, outdoor products. So again, phenomenal opportunity. Had a chance to do that for several, like eight or 10 years, I guess. Um, unfortunately, Bruce ended up closing the business about two years ago. Um, that's when I kind of flipped and went direct uh, with Bear. And that's when, you know, uh, Big Shot Archery, I mean, over there, you got Al. Um, and then there's Ashley over at Freedom Strings. And then you got Randy up at Black Eagle um, Arrows. And I've been very fortunate and blessed to work with all of those companies. Um, but, you know, what's really different? So, you know, again, you're right. Like, I've been through... ING Direct, JP Morgan Chase, Hewlett Packard, an Israeli startup from Shundra Software, now I'm with Splunk, um, and having those opportunities. As I compare and contrast them, um, one of the things that I see is a, a commonality, I guess, is a lot of relationships. And I think yeah. the longer you work in a space, the more people you get to know, whatever that space is. And, you know, even in my day-to-day -day professional career, um, you know, Again, like today, something popped up and I was like, oh, you know, you want me to just call my buddy, uh, Richard, over in London, who works at this bank. I was like, you know, I could just have a conversation with him and kind of see what's going on. So he and I are going to catch up on Saturday. But yeah. I think it's a very, very similar thing, you know, in the outdoor space. And if you narrow that down into the hunting space and then even into the bow hunting is you have a lot of those relationships. And, you know, as you think about products, again, company to company, there's a certain amount of, you know, you can't raise the curtain completely, clearly, as you're develop, developing and delivering new products and capabilities to your customers. But there's a, a friendly competition that's out there. And knowing that, you know, at the end of the day, what we're looking to do is bring that passion and the enthusiasm for the outdoors into, you know, the people that are going to be kind of learning it, doing it, and sharing it with others. Yeah, you know, I, I constantly go back to, you know, what was it, 1935, the Wildlife Conservation Act, you know, with FDR and, and the history there. Um, that is critically important. Why is it that we are all doing what we're doing and why do we get this passion? Again, maybe it's that little orange lizard that you see. You know, maybe it's that, you know, time where I think it was Dave, you and Tim were hunting together and, you know, you got to, um, you know, be there when Tim shot his first year. And, you know, you stuck another one just because, you know, you want to double. 
you know, but again, those are the types of experiences that, you know, we as hunters, you know, we as outdoorsmen, you know, we want to share with each other. We want to share it with our children. Um, but there's that passion that's there that, again, it's, it's unique and special, I think, to this industry. Um, that's one of the things that I love about it. And every time I meet someone new, you know, I went down the list of the people of the logos behind me, you know, I can tell you their personal story. You know, I yeah. can tell you why they're doing what they're doing, you know, and I'm proud to be able to represent them and continue to kind of explore, you know, who else has that story that we need to tell. Um, again, it's, I, I think you end up getting a longer term experience and viewpoint. I'm sure Kevin's got the same perspective, you know, maybe from a little bit of a different lens, but, you know, as I compare and contrast, you know, relationships, I think is something that's a consistent thing between the two. But when I really look at the passion and the why, it comes down to the people and again, the experience. Um, and that's a, a big contrasting difference between the two. Yeah. Well said. No, you're right well on. You're right. I, it, it, it is kind of funny because that relationship thing, you know, I, I, I work in the banking industry and have done it for many, many years over, over well over a decade now. And it is kind of funny because it, it is, you, you build those relationships, but your relationships are built on different things. Right. Yep. And, and there's certain parts that like, I, I'm a hunter. That's my passion. I'm an outdoorsman. That's my passion. And you can pick up on that very, very easily from somebody else that's on the other side of the table, right. Mm -hmm. Talking to you and you relate to them in different ways. Like it might not be that it might be cars. It might be other things, but it is, but, but those that are, are those people, you can just feel that passion from it. And maybe that's because that's my passion too. Right. But it is amazing to see that kind of passion that you can carry forward, not only from your, your job that you have, your day to day job, but into the field, into the outdoorsman and just share an experience with somebody that maybe you've never hunted with, but you can still share that same experience with. So right on, man. Cool. I'll tell you one thing. I don't have many regrets in, in the hunting, doing, working in the hunting industry. There's only one regret I have, and that's hunting with Nope. He's the worst person to hunt with ever. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, it is kind of funny. I, I, I like how Todd was talking about like, yeah, one of the, one of the coolest moments, Dave, and I, I agree with this. One of the coolest moments was you being there for my first year, right? But now, now it has just completely changed you. Listen, a-hole, I'm hunting in that spot today. You're not hunting there. That's just the way it's going to be. Get over it. And that's what's oh going on. This is so funny though, Todd. Seriously, so so we we go behind this one spot, right? We got this big 300 acres. So Tim and I get to this spot to get our cameras out, and we just got these reveal cameras. We're all excited because they take pictures, send them your phone. We're like pumped. So we look out, and they're they're doing the hay bales. They're like hay. They're they're clearing the hay fields. We look out, and we see huge horns. We're like, wow, there's deer out there. You know, we couldn't believe it. So we got our binoculars, we're looking, and there's like these massive bucks. So we're like, oh my gosh. So Tim and I are like, it's getting darker and darker. And we're like, you know, let's just drive the truck out there and throw a camera up. Why not? So we go out there, throw a camera up in a bush real quick, leave. And like not even five minutes goes by, a picture comes over. It's this huge buck looking at the camera. We're like, what? And so, and so the joke is every every day we get pictures and now but there's just all these bucks for the three nights we were there like you know we we're just scouting all over that area that all area had all these bucks every single picture tim gets right now is is a flock of turkeys every single time no deer. every day i go i go in right now i'm gonna pull this thing up right now look look first picture 
First pitcher of Pops. Let me just sing load. Come on, baby. You already nicknamed him. First pitcher of Pops <laughs> is turkeys. It's literally unbelievable to me that there's that many turkeys that just keep coming to his camera. You and literally why? no deer. Dave, do you know why? Jamie drove out there and hung some Irish spring bars of soap in that river. I'm sure he probably did. <laughs> he probably did. Oh, man. Never thought of that. That's a good hey, idea. quiet. <laughs> oh, God. All right, Ty. Well, hey, it's been fun hanging out with you, man. It's been a, lot, a good time. And uh, we'll post some more stuff about you. If you want to learn more about Ty, we'll have it in the description below with some links to all this stuff. Uh, definitely appreciate you doing this. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for doing Team BHP as well. And um, keep up the great work, man, honestly. Uh, do more of those videos, man. Those videos are great I saw online. And this is just unbelievable. Uh, very, very well done. So very good job. Thank you, man. Thank you, Nice Mary. talking to you, Todd. I uh, will see you guys. Thanks so much for listening to the Bowhunter Planet podcast online at bowhunterplanet.com with your host, Team BHP. Check us out on Facebook at Bowhunter Planet. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>